Like we are so good at putting pressure on ourselves and rushing ourselves to figure something out when we think we have to do it. Like there's this urgency and I think the urgency and the pressure just make it harder. So the more that we can like be patient, allow ourselves to explore, have fun and just be so insanely curious, like in a really good way, the better it goes. Oh, hi there. And welcome back to another episode of Oh Hi Self, where we nerd out so hard on all things personal development and lifestyle design. I'm your host, Sandra Possing, motivational speaker, certified coach, digital nomad, and lifestyle entrepreneur. As you definitely know by now, my mission is to help you create an extraordinary life that you are completely obsessed with. In episode five, in case you missed it, I introduced you to Ida, which is not just my cool friend. It is the name of the simple framework that I use to help people create lasting transformation in their lives. And we also dug deep into part one or to to the I part of Ida, which is identity. In this episode, we are going deep into the D. Just kidding. I mean, not kidding, but you can always count on me for the dick jokes over here. But really though, the D, which actually stands for desires, is so freaking fun. And I'm going to show you why the D is so fun. So at the end of this episode, I'll give you some homework and you can start excavating some of your own juicy ass desires. But first, let me give you my quick GCI for today. I hope you're doing your own. And again, if you ever want to share yours with me, I'm always super happy to hear them. Like it just is delightful to get a quick text or email or... DM on IG or something um, where you guys share your GCI. So feel free. Anyway, today I am grateful for money mindset work. I love working on anything money related, anything mindset related, and especially money mindset related stuff with my clients or on my own. Like this is probably one of the areas. I would say this is the area where I've done the deepest work on myself and like, holy shit balls, has it been worth it? It's probably one of my favorite things to support people with now. And If you want to completely transform your relationship with money from one of, say, scarcity, fear, anxiety, and all of that not-so-fun stuff to one that's closer to being one of joy, abundance, empowerment, freedom, that type of vibe, then I'm your girl. So that's a G. And then the C, celebrating that Chris and I just bought our plane tickets to Italy for a wedding this summer, which I'm so stoked about. For those of you who don't know, I studied abroad in Italy back in 2001. I was like super fluent. I lived there for a year. I was in Siena for the summer and then in Bologna for the year. And it was like one of my favorite years of my life. And somehow I've like not been back there since 2006. So way overdue. And I can't wait. I'm definitely going to try to brush up on my Italian. If you speak Italian, feel free to message me in Italian and help me practice. My intention lately is I've been really practicing intentionally getting out of my comfort zone. This is something I preach and teach with my clients all the time. And so I like to practice what I preach. And lately it's just become this new mantra that I'm stealing from a gal I follow online. Her name is Andrea Crowder. She said something along the lines of that like a year ago, she and a girlfriend sat down and they pinky swore and they decided that anytime they found something that would scare them, they would not walk, they would run towards it. And I heard that and I was like, yes, I just felt this full body. Yes. So I've been practicing that myself. I'm just like, if it scares you run toward it. I'm someone who historically has played very small and has played it very safe and I'm really good at staying comfortable and staying in my safe zone, my familiar zone. But I've also learned over the years that I feel so much more alive when I feel scared and do something anyway. And I'm talking about things that are like scary, but aligned, not like scary and just pointless. 
So I'm really working on that and it's really working for me. Highly recommend. Okay, so part one, quick recap of Ida and identity. If you go back to episode five, you'll get the full explanation. But just in short, Ida stands for identity, desires, and action. And I use this formula or this framework as a way to help my clients and myself get more clear on our identity. So like, who are you really at your core, your most authentic self? Desires, what do you want? Like, what do you really, really, truly want? Deep down and action, but we're talking about specific kinds of action. Like, how do you take action to move toward those desires? And these are all so key in my mind to creating an extraordinary life that you love because if you're not doing it from your authentic identity and your authentic desires, then you're probably creating your life by default. You're probably creating your life from a place of shoulds and supposed tos, which are like bad words to me, probably not in alignment with your soul, which is, you know, the most important thing in the world, I think. And then the action that you take is much more likely to feel hard and tiring and like create resentment and dullness. And this is what I see so much of the time in my clients when we start together is they're just like, blah, things feel crunchy. It's like they feel uncomfortable in their own skin. Something's missing. And I don't want that for anyone. I want us to feel really comfortable in our own skin and really, really aligned. So the more you get clear on your true essence, your authentic identity, your aspirational future self, which we talked a lot about in the identity episode, the more everything just starts to fall into place, like into alignment in line with who you are and your thoughts, emotions, your words, your actions, the results you have in your life are in line. There's congruency and like magic starts to happen. It's so fun to watch. So identity is a really good place to start because from there it all kind of trickles down. Part two. Okay. So digging into desires, like on the surface, what do we mean by desires? It's on the surface. It's pretty obvious. Like it's, what do you want? So think of desires as your goals, your dreams, maybe the word direction is helpful because it's something to aim at. Personally though, I love using the word desire instead of the word goal because probably because it feels like a little bit racy, you know, which is probably logically because of the sexual connotation. And I love using the word desire outside of that context because it still kind of has that vibe of like, it's pleasurable, it's sensual, it's exciting. Whereas like a goal to me can feel kind of dry, kind of boring. Like it just sounds like hard work. Whereas desire sounds wet or juicy or titillating. (laughs) You know what I mean? So anyway, desire, why should we care? We should care because if you don't know what you want, you probably won't get it. If you don't know where you're going, you probably won't get there, right? You might get lucky and kind of happen to end up in an unaligned place, but like, would you even notice and appreciate that you were there if you didn't know that you wanted to be there? Like maybe, maybe not, but really the more connected you are to your desires, the more you have something to aim at, which is just so helpful to have that guide. And then we can think about where do our desires come from? Really? I think as babies, our desires are pretty clear. Like food, safety, warmth, (laughs) you know, we're thirsty, we're tired. As kids, we're still maybe pretty clear. Like as we start discovering what we like and don't like, I think as kids, depending on what age we're talking about, they haven't usually learned to doubt themselves yet or to censor themselves or worry what people are thinking. But then like with everything else, they start getting influenced by their environment. 
I think for many of us, our caretakers and our environment disconnected us from our desires like really early on. Maybe we learned or were told directly or were indirectly kind of, it was implied that our desires were were not right or that it was not safe to want those things or maybe caretakers and parents' opinions were very strong. And so we didn't really know how to stand up for ourselves against them or maybe it was peer pressure. Whatever the different elements may have been for a lot of us, we grew up and we just didn't really know what we wanted or over time we lost touch with it for various reasons. So I think part of getting more clear on our desires, just like with identity is about releasing the old programming that is not necessarily easy to do, but can be really important work like healing from the traumas that disconnected us from our true desires or learning that it can be safe, like learning how to regulate our nervous systems and learning that it's safe to want what we want. We might be shedding attachments to old beliefs, stories, conditionings. I find that this kind of decluttering work, I like thinking of it that way because it's just like a nice metaphor, like you're cleaning out your house before you add the new furniture to it. This kind of decluttering work can be so liberating. Like it creates space for us then to either add our new desires into the space or even just to think about it. It's hard to think about it and connect to it when our space is full of like, crappy old stuff that doesn't even resonate anymore. So really starting to declutter, clear out, shed, release, heal is a huge part of kind of preparing yourself for connected to your desires. Part three, how the hell do you figure out what you want? So if you're not clear on and connected to your desires, like how do you go about it? (laughs) And that's something that I encounter with a lot of clients when I'm first starting to work with them is they're like, yeah, no, I would love to be going after what I want, but I just don't know what it is. And I have no idea where to start. So releasing, as we talked about releasing old programming can be a great part of it. And that might be, it's not like you have to do that first and then identify your desires. It can very much be an ongoing process because that kind of work, the releasing old stuff and healing from trauma, like it can take time, baby. (laughs) You know, you're going layer by layer. It may be very deep. You might be going deeper and deeper. So just, it's a good time to be patient with yourself and just start with what you have, where you are and dig in. But the more we do that, the more that creates space. And then we have more bandwidth and more energy to start to get like really genuinely curious. I think the curiosity piece is so important. Like we are so good at putting pressure on ourselves and rushing ourselves to figure something out when we think we have to do it. Like there's this urgency and I think the urgency and the pressure just make it harder. So the more that we can like be patient, allow ourselves to explore, have fun and just be so insanely curious, like in a really good way, the better it goes. I've realized after doing this work with so many of my clients too, that for some folks, it's actually super hard to identify any I mean, any goals or dreams, period, for some folks, but then also like any exciting ones because they're so disconnected from it. I've had a lot of clients who, when we start doing this type of work, they just full on draw a blank and they like sit there, deer in headlights, and are like, Sandra, I literally have no idea what I want at all. And sometimes it's because they've never allowed themselves to dream. They just didn't give themselves permission, or maybe they were criticized anytime they were doing that as a kid or so it like something turned the switch off early on or maybe later on in life they were in like an abusive relationship or maybe an, a relationship with a narcissist where it just literally wasn't safe to have an opinion and they spent their whole time kind of appeasing and trying to please the other person because it was a safety thing 
Or for those of us who have spent a lot of our life people-pleasing, we may also have lost touch with those desires for sure. So a great place to start if you're feeling disconnected from your desires or you just have no idea where to start, start with the opposite. Start with what do you not want, which actually is a great exercise and kind of fun, like writing yourself a list of like, oh, hell no, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't, in any category, it works really well. So actually like to do that for most of us. And then you can kind of move to like a like list. Like what do you kind of like? What are, you know, start, start exercising the muscle and giving yourself permission to have an opinion, which can be really hard for us people pleasers. (laughs) But eventually you get better at it, you know? And I'm still in a place where I'm like, I have really strong opinions about certain things and other things, not as much. So sometimes for those more neutral things, I kind of just practice like picking something just to exercise the muscle. And then eventually you can move on to goals and dreams for the short term or goals and dreams for the long terms. There's so many different ways to explore. There's really no right or wrong. And I would say my tip is to like follow the excitement, go with the approach or the type of desire that just is most interesting and start there. One common approach is using smart goals, which is the like specific, measurable, actionable, I forget what the R is, and then time bound. And that works really, really well for some people. I definitely recommend it if you're into that. I personally find it so boring. Like doing smart goals will just put me to sleep. So I just don't do it because I'm like, eh. Another approach is to focus on like, what are your big dreams? I love giving my clients an exercise called dream life brain dump, which could be looking at something like five years from now or 10 years from now and really leaning into like the big dream vision, the hope, the excitement. Personally, I love this because this is the kind of visioning that really lights me up. I'll give you some examples. Some of my big dreams and visions, one very specific one, it's that I eventually write a Obviously, it would be a self-help themed book, probably incorporating my own story. And said book goes on to be not just like an Amazon bestseller, but it's the kind of bestseller in the self-help genre that will show up in bookstores everywhere. But specifically, I have this very clear vision of walking through like international airports all over the world. And when I glance over to the airport bookstore where you buy your gum and your trashy magazines and the latest bestseller books, I can see the cover from across the room. So that's one of my big dreams. Another big dream is to, I've done like local retreats, but I have a goal around hosting like, you know, seven day gorgeous personal development, transformational retreats in really beautiful places like Tulum and Bali and Costa Rica and wherever else. Another dream is to be regularly attending a lot of my own personal development retreats and workshops and seminars and all of that, a lot of emotional intelligence stuff I'm really into. I would love to get trained in more modalities. Right now, top of my list is probably RRT and NLP, different kinds of somatic work. Man, so many things on my list. So lots there. And I get so excited thinking about those things. Another approach is looking at more short-term goals. So a good example would be like starting with one-year goals. And then from there, you can break it down into what would be the six-month milestones, the 90-day milestones, 30 days. And then from there, it's really easy to goal set within that structure. So for example, for me, if I look at the shorter term things, like Chris and I are looking for a new house. We love our current place, but we're looking for something a little bigger. So that would be like probably in the next six months, we're looking at leasing a new car, probably in the next month or so, we're both kind of working on upgrading our wardrobes. I'm personally looking at creating some new programs and offerings in my business soon. And so just getting more clear on those both short-term and long-term goals, dreams, desires, 
is just so helpful to have something to aim at, but it's also, it creates like energy and excitement. I really love exploring desires from all of these different aspects and it makes it fun. You know, it's like we put so much pressure on ourselves to figure things out and we make it like this chore. And I'm like, no, don't make it a chore, make it fun. So look at long-term, look at short-term, look at tangible, look at intangible things, look at realistic things, look at unrealistic things. So one of my favorite mentors on the internet is Amanda Francis. And uh, at one point in her bio, she had the term, it might still be there. I think it was repetitive, unrealistic goal achiever. And I remember reading that for the first time and was like, fuck, yes, that's what I want. I want my life to be an example of what's possible, but not just like normal life possible. I want my life to be extraordinary, not because of what anybody else thinks, but because of what I want it to be. And I want other people to see what's possible. And then I want to help them go create that for themselves based on whatever they think is important for themselves. But anyway, just that like going after unrealistic goals really lights me up. So that, but that's me personally, right? we got to kind of know ourselves and what works. Usually when I work with a new client, I'll give them different self-discovery exercises. We look at things like their dream life for those working on career. We do a lot of digging into their desires around career. I remember I kind of like accidentally made up this exercise for myself back in 2007. I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I sat down one day and I was journaling and I was like, this, is it this, is it this? I had no clue. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start with what I do know. There's so much I don't know about what I want for my career, but I do know some stuff. So I just wrote out a list of what I thought I knew that I wanted. And it was things like, I want to help people. I want to do a lot of writing. I want to be able to travel either for work or I want my work to give me the time and the money to be able to travel. Like, what do I not want? I was like, I don't want to be told what to wear. (laughs) I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to sit in a sad windowless office. And I came to the end of the exercise and I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was like, I've got a pretty good set of parameters here in terms of what I do want and don't want. And then what was cool was like, threw it into a box, came across it again, like four or five years later. By then I was doing coaching and I had my own business and I went down the list and I was like, I literally either have everything on this list that I, that was the want list. None of the things on my, not my no list or the things on my yes list that I didn't have yet. I was like, I'm actively working on them. So desires are so, so helpful. Sometimes I'll give them work around like, what is your ideal day or your ideal week, which can be really helpful too. Just thinking about like, what do I want my day to day life to look like? Because for a lot of us, we don't think about that. And then again, we just end up with the default, like whatever work tells us to do, whatever family, our family did, and we just kind of copy them. You know, for me, it's like my ideal day includes some sort of workout every day. It probably includes an hour long walk every day. Ideally, it includes time where I can just study and nerd out on all the stuff I love. My ideal week looks a little different now because I'm dealing with some injuries and things, but ideally I would be dancing like weekly, probably something where I could just let my wild woman out. Like right before I re-injured my knee, I was pole dancing. I was doing pole dancing classes and it was so fun. The more we explore and get clear on and just own the shit out of this is what I want my life to look like, my day to look like, my week to look like. You can look at things like what kind of impact you want to be having through your work or through whatever causes you care about. Another place to look is how you want to feel. I want to feel calm, at peace, grounded, but also like free and wild and self-expressed and lit up and passionate. I want to be excited and satisfied. I want to be in awe. I want to be amused and laughing. I want to be fascinated. I want to be intrigued, right? Like there's no part of how I want to feel that's like, I want to feel like normal and bored, right? 
one of the reasons I think it's so important is usually the things that we want, like our goals, the achievements, the material things, the relationships, the typical things we write down as goals. Usually the reason we want any of those things is because of how we think those things will make us feel. So it's just really helpful to know how we want to feel, like why we want those things, and also just how we want to feel in general. Because then we can, instead of waiting until we get blank or waiting until we reach whatever milestone to feel that way, you can work on feeling that way now and not wait until it's achieved. Another little side note here is to remember that your desires are there as something to aim at and it's a way to honor your truth and be who you are. And it's like, achievements are great. Getting there is great. That should be celebrated. And like, it's not all about achieving them. I think we live in such an achievement-based paradigm, which we'll talk a lot about in the future because this has been a huge thing that I've had to like really support clients with releasing and healing because it does a lot of damage. It can be incredibly harmful to train our kids that achievement is all that matters. Like it can drive success, yes. And it creates a lot of mental health problems, let me tell you. So achievements are great. And let's focus on the journey. Let's focus on the process. Let's focus on the progress. That's where we spend most of the time. You know, like the achievement is just the thing that happens at the very end. So let's enjoy and celebrate and really be present with the whole process along the way. So much better. So much better. Okay, so recap. In this episode, I shared my GCI. And then part one was recapping what IDA is and identity. Part two was digging into desires with questions like, what do we mean by desires? Why should we even care? Where do they come from? And then releasing old programming to make space for those new and true desires. Part three was how the hell do we figure out what we want? Not just releasing the old, but also exploring and having a lot of curiosity, looking at different ways of figuring it out, trying on different approaches, and also the importance of identifying how you want to feel. Your homework, if you should choose to accept it, is to journal on your desires. Not what people think you should want, not what your parents want you to want, not what you are currently doing just because it's habit. Like what are your true desires? A little tip can be to keep writing until you feel so lit up about what you want that you're like motivated to go start creating that. If you try it and you get stuck, because I know it can be a little confronting, it can be frustrating, you might be tempted to give up, send me a message and I would love to help you get unblocked. Because I think this is really important work. And if you get stuck one day, like try it again the next day. Or just start really small. Take the pressure off, hold it lightly, do it with you know playfulness and start small. Stay tuned for a future episode where we dig into the A of Ida action, which specifically goes into a lot of the like what kind of action to take in order to start closing the gap between where you are and what you want. If this episode resonated, consider sending it to a friend. And then a cool thing would be if you wanted to create a little accountability with your friend, you could ask them to share their dreams with you. And then you could share your dreams with them. Like such an amazing way to get a little vulnerable and get to know someone better, connect with them more deeply, and then figure out how you can best support them. Thank you always for listening and rating and reviewing and sharing and all the things. I love you and I appreciate you. See you next time.